0: Hey guys, Tony Palo here from Equipping for Life. I am here. I'm here to help you. I'm here to equip you. I'm here to coach you. I'm here to empower you. I'm here to teach you tactical tools to overcome. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and we'll see you guys around. Philippians chapter 4. How to be happy. Now the quotes... It's one of those messages, yeah, I was like, you know what, let's put the happy in quotes. Because in all honesty, God doesn't care if you're happy or not. Sounds kind of harsh, but happiness is not, there is no kingdom rights to your emotions. This is how I feel. Well, nobody cares how you feel. Are you becoming more like Jesus? And what is Jesus trying to accomplish through this season of your life? So it's Philippians chapter four, verse 13, and the Apostle Paul writes, "I could do all things through Christ who gives me the strength." So this verse. I read this scripture. The title of my message is "How to Be Happy." And it's sort of misleading because this message isn't about being happy at all, because happiness is based on your circumstance. And we have, this, we have this notion that all of our circumstances have to be in line in order for me to be okay. As believers, right? Yeah, I'm doing okay because everything around me is okay. And I'm happy because everything around me is, is good. But this really isn't about your happiness. This really is about your ability to be content, So now this verse now, which we've claimed this verse, and we quoted this verse. We have a job interview. I can do all things through Christ's giving strength. We have a family conflict. We quote this verse. We have a health issue. We quote this verse. We got a test. We quote this verse. Any major trial that we go through, we go and we quote this verse, but we quote it out of context. Pastor Donovan, help me out here as Pastor Donovan is leading a... A homiletic school, small group, we'll call it, (laughs) teaching you how to preach the word. And then Pastor Mike is teaching us how to properly uh, uh, interpret the word. We always, when we read a scripture, we go, what is Paul? When Paul said that, he is saying it for a very different reason why we say it. In fact, Paul was in prison when he said this. Okay? And this is the context. Philippians chapter 4 verse 11 and 12 says this. I'm not saying this because I'm in need. Now most people will say something or complain, well, I'm complaining because I want you to help me do something about it. Paul's like, no, 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 I don't want your pity. Please don't do me any favors. I'm not telling you this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. How many of you could say, yep, I know what it's like to be broke? One, two, three people. How many of you can say, I know what it is to have a little something, some extra in my bank app at the end of the week? Okay, we're going to have a budgeting class then. (laughs) I have learned, this is key, I have learned the secret. Which a secret is something you pick up along the way if you stay in the journey. Oftentimes we disqualify ourselves from learning secrets about God because we disqualify ourselves from the journey. But Paul says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or whether hungry, we're living in plenty or in want. So this verse, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength, is speaking in the context of being content. So this verse, I can do all things. Sometimes I find myself quoting a scripture that's going to help me with my circumstance to get me out of my discomfort rather than quoting a scripture that's going to help me with my character. Do we quote a scripture? I just need help. Let me find a promise. Back of the Bible. Instead of really digging in and being a minor, we're like a tour guide. What to do with discouragement? Let me read a verse. I don't feel good yet. Instead of really knowing the heart and the hand of God, we need to quote Scripture so that we can apply it to our character. And so, but there's this unusual pressure from the world. There's this unusual pressure from life. The, the world right now is unstable. Would you agree with me? The world needs meds. The world is volatile. And I've made a decision that I will not allow my emotions to be as volatile as the world. And we've tied. Let me tell you something, man. I like being happy, but more important than being happy is having the joy of the Lord. And the world right now is creating this this version of of living that's pushing depression and discouragement and darkness on you. And, And Paul, in this whole context, he's in prison now. Now, have you ever gotten a letter from somebody in prison? It's usually asking for something. If you can put a little something, something into my account so I can buy a box of ring I'd be happy, Pastor Tony. If you could, if you could send a book. If you could, but Paul here is saying, listen, I don't, I'm, I don't need anything. I'm not telling you this. In fact, I'm going to give you some instruction. That And while he's in prison, he says, do not worry about anything. Worry is one of those things. It's the devil's inroad to make you question God. Anytime I'm worrying, I'm not trusting. It's one of those things you cannot do do both of them at the same time. It's impossible. So when I am worrying, I question God's goodness or I'm living in trust. And so there are times where, now when I'm living in trust, doesn't mean I understand everything. This is important that we grasp this. We think that living in trust is clarity. So years ago, I stopped praying for clarity. I mean, I would always pray, Lord, give me clarity, right? We all prayed, Lord, give me clarity. And one day the Lord says, why do you need clarity? So I say, so I know what's coming up ahead. And the Lord says, you don't want to know what's coming up ahead. So I started praying for trust. So when you pray for trust, trust is heaven's clarity. Worry is the anointing of the devil. Trust is the anointing of heaven. So when I worry, I celebrate everything hell represents. When I trust, I celebrate everything covenant uh, represents here. And so the apostle Paul is like, don't worry about anything. Now we could take this into a deeper context and look all the way to verse 4, where Paul begins by saying, Rejoice in the Lord always yeah. again. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. One version says it this way. Be cheerful with joyful celebration in every season of your life. Let your joy overflow. Every, any season that you're going through. Yeah. Let joy overflow. But Pastor, let me just explain to you my season. No. no. But Pastor, you don't want to say no. But Pastor, you got a minute? No. So you see, Paul was writing this as like, listen, I'm I don't, I don't have time. I don't, I'm not saying this because I am in need of nothing right now. I'm in jail. Don't you want to put a little something, something in your account to buy a box of ring things? No, I don't need anything. Don't worry about anything. It's that, it's actually the way it's written, it's kind of like that simple. But Pastor, you don't understand. The Bible is clear. And then Paul, in the context of everything else he's writing in verse 8, he says, Finally, brothers and sisters, fix your mind. Which in the original, in the original Greek, it's so intense. Fix your mind. Why do you got to fix your mind? Well, your, your thoughts are broken. If you don't like what you're reaping, change what you're sowing. The fruit is evidence of the root. So Paul says. Fix your thoughts. So it's so intense, Paul was probably, maybe not, hitting his head. Fix your thoughts on what is true, admirable, positive, lovely, excellent, praiseworthy. Think about these things. You ever get caught in your thought cycle and it's like, ah. This is why he said rejoice again. Why do we say it again? Why do we repeat ourselves so many times? Like God is, last week I learned God is, it's just God is faithful. God is faithful. 434. I kept saying it over and over and over. Why is it so important to repeat those messages? Because when you repeat something, you're declaring what God has already said about you. And repetition is so important because it cancels out all those other crazy things you're repeating to yourself. What are those things have you repeated to yourself Dozens of times that God is saying, fix your thoughts. Fix, 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 fix your, fix your thoughts on things that will get an amen from heaven. Some of you, your process is getting an amen from the devil. God's, the devil's like, yay, good job. And applause from the enemy. Fix your thoughts on these things so that you can produce supernatural results. The key thing with, with Paul, I like this phrase. I have learned the secret. I have learned. So contentment is not something you're born with. Did you know that? You are born automatic complainers. <laughs> you're born crying. No one by their by their virtue or nature is content. Paul says, I and where did he learn it in prison? And then what does he call it? A secret. And so once you have this perspective, once you have heaven's perspective, you get heaven's results. I don't know why. I'm I'm such in a whirlwind. I keep making the same, keep getting the same results. It's like, hello? Do something a little different. So I have to remind myself. I don't repeat myself in the morning, my morning process. Sometimes I'll repeat something for a half hour. I'm like, God, thank you. You're so good. I feel like my prayers sound like a fourth grader. God, you're so good. Thank you for being so good to me. You're so good to me. Thank you for being. I don't say for him. I say for me. The the, the thing about the enemy, the enemy does not want you to be convinced that God is good to you. You could work on God's goodness for a year, and it's like one little seed by the enemy, and you're like, broken. Oh, my God. It's so, and the enemy, he, has, he doesn't change his tactics. It's the same thing. What did he say to Eve? Well, God didn't really say that. Contentment. First thing in contentment is discern your season. Discern your season. Each of us right now, Paul was in a season of prison. When you discern your season, you discern and understand what God is trying to accomplish in your life. You understand, you learn things about yourself. And you know, I've realized that I I wouldn't amen this part just for a moment. I realized that it's during my darkest moments that I learned most about God. I said not to amen that (laughs) part. Because I don't want it to be true. And 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 it's during my darkest moments that I learned more about myself. It was 2020. I learned how many of you learned a lot about yourself last year? I mean, I see this is the season, this is perspective now. Some people say 2020 was a year from hell. I say 2020 was a year from heaven. I say the church was at its best. In 2020, so many things shifted in us in 2020. I had the most intense joy in 2020. I laughed the loudest in 2020. I mean, I cried a lot too in 2020. But, I, but God is so faithful and God is so good. And how we learn during these processes is how we learn to be content. Paying attention to your darkest moments. Not what's happening in your emotions. God does speak to your emotions. But your emotions are not permanent. Your emotions are not kingdom. I mean, counselors today would have diagnosed David with depression, manic, all kinds of bipolar. or He would have been on medication and everything. But we learned something valuable where David was able to take his emotions and write his perspective right into the kingdom of God. And right into an understanding of God. How do you discern your season? Open up your Bible and read it. I sound kind of old-fashioned by saying, hey, guys, read your Bible. But we live in an area where it's the least Bible-minded city in the country. Number two, number three, number four, wait, wait, we are way up there. Paul says, be anxious for nothing. See, the devil seeks to keep you anxious. I'm going to say this again. The devil wants you to worry. Now for me, if I was out there listening to me just saying that, I'm like, Psh, I ain't going to worry then. I'm not, I'm not going to. I don't want to agree with his plan for my life. Worry never escorts God's promises into my life. Worry delays those promises of my life. Contentment elevates what's important to heaven. Discern. Your emotions. And if you have to, like Paul, again I say rejoice. Repeat those things that are true. Repeat those things that are admirable. Repeat the fact that the joy of the Lord is my strength. If you're you're miserable, you you could actually be miserable, unhappy, simultaneously having the joy of the Lord. Did you know that? You could have the joy of the Lord. So discern your season. Why is that important? When you discern your season, you understand what God is doing in your life. Stop asking, Lord, why is this happening? But ask, Lord, what is it that you want me to learn in this season of my life? These dark, these dark moments, these dark seasons. Number two, discover your trust. Now Paul says, and remember he's in prison, right? Paul says in Philippians 1, 4, and it's because of my chains, So Paul wanted to correct the people. He wanted to correct the the church of Philippi because the church in Philippi was saying, hey, you're in prison. Let's pray that you get out of prison. So Paul was like, oh, no, don't do that. Because Paul just discerned his season. And in his season, he was saying, listen, my chains are actually causing the church to be in revival. There are people getting saved while I'm in prison. And it's because of my chains that the brothers and sisters are acting in courage. So don't pray for my deliverance. Pray for my destiny. You know, you don't understand. I don't need it. I'm not not telling you this because I'm in need. He says in verse 12 of chapter 1, what has happened to me has served to advance the gospel. What if your season, as much as you don't like it, is doing something deeper than just a mere rescue? You're looking to Christ as a lifeguard, but Christ is saying there's so much more to be done in your life. Paul discerned this season, there's something very difficult, something very tangible happening. And trust is a big factor. For me, I want you to understand, trust is a big factor when you're walking through something very difficult. I used to pray, like I said, I used to pray for clarity. Now I pray for trust. Because when, tr- when I have trust, I have heaven's clarity. I don't want my clarity. I want the Holy Spirit's clarity. So if you're walking through something difficult right now, trust is a key factor. Don't say God is with me. The question is, is are you with him? And so when we look at contentment, when we look at the Apostle Paul in prison, contentment is a no Matter what, trust. No matter what, I trust in you. Most of us have limitations to our trust. We go, I trust God, but I trust God, but it doesn't make any sense. So when I'm in, living in this one arena of my life where it just doesn't make sense, I can't get trapped there. I have to say, God, no matter what, I trust in you. Paul says, It's because of my chains. The gospel is being preached. So my chains don't define me. My limitations don't define me. My trial is actually launching the platform of Christ. And it's interesting here when we look at all this, the contentment, the joy, the, the joy factor and the trust factor is separated from our condition. Would you look at this? So what I'm going through does not have to create an anxiety in me. Every year, and I always rebuke the person. Let's lower this because I'm going to start screaming. (laughs) Pazdoni, every year, I always, this is the season, I get seasonal affective disorder. And I say, I don't want to hear it. Stop it. Stop. Stop. Paul said, Think on the now. He wasn't just coaching us as a and as an expert. He was coaching us really as a client of the Holy Spirit, saying whatever is worthy, whatever is positive, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. So if your thought process does not celebrate heaven's results, it's wrong. Paul says, taking every thought captive. Every now it doesn't say take all thoughts every thought that's hard work I'm just exhausted but it's not it's your it's just your fault You created that arena of all these thoughts that you've entertained and all these thoughts that you entertain. Now you have to take all these, take every thought captive that you once entertained and now say, this does not agree with covenant. This does not agree with God's word in my life. This does not agree with destiny. And you used to pray for deliverance because you were so uncomfortable, but now it's not so much about being uncomfortable. It's about your character being developed here. So Paul discerned his season, he discerned his trust, and that trust now is being developed in us, and our Jesus' capacity to live is separated from our circumstances. Whatever it is that you're going through, there's a deeper lesson happening in your life. Can we, this is what I say, can we just temporarily suspend the fact that we are uncomfortable and say, God... What is it that you're trying to teach me in my life right now? How do I increase my trust factor? This is what Psalm 23.1 in the King James Version. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. NIV, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. Rhode Island Version, the Lord is my shepherd, I'm all set. That's not a real version. Pastor Tony, can you? I was trying to look for that at Morningstar and I couldn't find it. <laughs> or in the words of Nacho Libre, my life is good, really good. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You you have to, you and I have to get to this point. Like the early church, they were being persecuted and martyred, and they were like, yes, willingly, giving their lives. I'm like, dude, that's nuts. But let us get to a point when somebody asks you how things are going. I tell you what, man, I feel so guilty I'm having this much fun. 2020, I had so many conversations with pastors. You know what, pal? Yeah, yeah, we're struggling just like every other church. No, don't put that on me, boy. The attack is in here. See, before, I don't know if you knew this, but before you actually act something out, you think it in your mind. You know that? No, seriously. Yeah. Some of you are like, I didn't know that. So let's take, let's do this. Let's take ownership for our actions. Does that make sense? Let's take ownership for our thoughts. So Paul's like taking every thought. It's like the karate kid, Mr. Miyagi, taking, catching the fly with the chopsticks. Every thought. Is this of God? If it does not celebrate God's plan for my life, then it must be dismissed. And punishment and covenant and commitment and contentment are all things that celebrate God's plan for our lives. It's having a no matter what trust and God, no matter why. I spoke to Jaylon several months ago. Uh, part of, He's part of this church. We go out for coffee, and he's telling me his story, and he says, when I was in prison, I was like close to God. I was reading his word, and I had this anticipation that in six months, I'd be out. And in six, I was like, six months. That was my, I had the date, I had the time, I had everything. And I was like, six months, I'm out of here. Kept thinking, six months, six months, six months, six months, six months. And I said to him, what if It was another year. And he said, I'd be okay with that. But you're you're so driven on the six months. He says, but I knew I was in the hand of God. See, when you know you're in the hand of God, six months, a year, it took Noah 100 years to build the ark. Like, after a while, I'd be like, I, like, after a month, I'd be like, Noah, how long is this going to take? The neighbors are saying, you don't have a permit. I mean, two by fours are getting expensive. It's like, come on, like a 100 years. What if it takes a 100 years? And, and this is the whole element here of discerning your, your, your trust and determining that, that trust factor. And how do you increase the trust factor, ma'am? You get into the word. You get into the word of the God who has developed a plan for your life. There's no way around it. But I'm convinced that the worst time to ask God for anything is when you lack contentment. You ever talk to somebody who's filled with complaints, and you go, what, but what do you want? And what they say they want, you're like, that's not going to happen. You know? It's like, I, I I could only take, after 2020, my bandwidth for complainers is about this small. The, this, this small. But... If, 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 Thirdly, now, we talked about discerning your season, discovering your trust. Now we're talking about number three, determine your breakthrough. Determine your breakthrough. Paul's breakthrough was not going to be that he gets out of jail. I'm going to say this again. Now, I would say his breakthrough should be it's time to get out of jail. If you're sick, your breakthrough should be you get healed. If you're financially str- uh, 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 struggling, your breakthrough should be financial prosperity. If if, if you can't sleep, your breakthrough should be uh, 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 you should sleep. If, you're bre- if you are in need of a financial peace, uh, of a fam- peace in your family, your breakthrough should be that you have a nice Thanksgiving meal together. But in this case, Paul's breakthrough was not going to be that he gets out of jail. Because he says in Philippians chapter 121, he says, Christ will be exalted in my body whether I live or whether I die. Now, I want you to think about your breakthrough. Think about what it is that you're waiting on God for. And it may be legitimate, and it may be something that makes sense to you and to myself. But it may require that you adjust a little bit because your breakthrough might be too much around what you need instead of what he wants to accomplish in your life. Think about Hannah with her son Samuel. She prayed for a son, nothing happened. She prayed for a prophet, she got a son that was going to impact the world. So I think that what you're needing is a little too small. I think what you're praying for, way too small. Your, the answer to your prayer request is only going to impact your address. When God is looking to impact the world. Paul says my breakthrough is that the gospel is advanced and the apostle Paul is not going to allow his circumstances to drive his perspective. You've attached your breakthrough to your need. Scratch it off all the table. I know you have everything all planned. You got the puzzle put together. All the corners laid out. So nice. And now you're working on the main picture here. And God goes, Start over. Do everything all over. Because you've attached your breakthrough. This This is what I need. 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 Seek first the kingdom of heaven. And all these things will be added unto you. Discern your season. God, what is it that you're trying to teach me? Some of you are in a season where you're like, I don't know, God. I don't know. And the way Paul is writing is like, no, we don't have time to have a 20-year counseling session about your season, but we do have time to understand what God is trying to do in your life. What is God trying to do? in what do, what do you mean, Pastor Tony? I'm in, I'm in prison. Six months, six months, six months, six months. What if it's a year? What if God says, I got something else planned for you? You have to have that no matter what trust. God, I trust you no matter what. And then your breakthrough comes through. Your version of the breakthrough robs you of heaven's perspective. His version of the breakthrough gives you heaven's results. I'm done living in the supernatural. How many of you are done? How many of you are done? I'm just so done with earthly results. Paul says my chains don't determine my destiny. Covenant determines my destiny my breakthrough isn't connected to an outcome and this is why we talk about hope our hope is not to an outcome our hope is to a person his name is Jesus Christ stop hoping for a favorable outcome and begin hoping on heaven's purpose on your life and watch him do something that's above and beyond what you could even ask or think so if you're right now in that season where you're saying you know what Pastor Tony I'm in I don't know which way is up. I'm walking through a very dark time in my life, and I'm struggling, man. I, I'm, tr- I'm still trying to discern what God is doing. And you know what I was thinking just now? God is so faithful. Sometimes our own decisions puts us in those dark seasons.
1: Yeah. Yeah. God never says,
0: "As, if, as you got to clean up your mess." This is not a God-ordained season. This is a you-ordained season. But God is still faithful. He goes, (sighs) all right, let's go. He's so powerful, he can work through your mess-ups. Even if it's through your own mess-up. Come on, don't be guilty. Mary Earl came up with that word, that confusion. And then Jamie, 15-year-old Jamie, talking about worshiping through your fear. I love this, man. There are God-ordained seasons where God says, I'm going to, I need to. And then there are us-ordained seasons where God says, I didn't plan for that, but I have a plan for it. God is so powerful that he can manifest his glory through your mess-ups and teach you something valuable. Whatever, whatever the cause of your season, this is your time now to say, all right, God, what you're trying to teach me and help me discover that trust I trust you like what other options do you have what are we going to do I'm not going to trust God anymore what exactly what's plan B again and when you engage plan B I don't want to be around you to see them. <laughs> like that would be a movie and lastly Determine your breakthrough. Finally, get to a point in your life where you say, God, I'm willing to change everything or no matter what trust to see things happen in my life that's not just going to affect my address but also impact the world. Christ will be exalted in my body. Paul says, Whether I live or die, whatever's going to happen, the gospel will be preached. So, what if we have a whatever happens, God's in charge? No matter what happens, he's got the whole world in his hands. Let's stand. If you need, I'm going to open up the altars. If you need not prayer, I was going to say prayer, but not prayer, but almost in a somebody to agree with you in your season. You're in a place right now where you're like, everything's shifted. I still don't feel like everything is going on right now my mind, nothing, the posture of my soul is a little off. You know, when I go see my chiropractor, she was explaining to me, she says, the adjustments, when I adjust you, it'll last at first maybe a couple of days, because what happens is if your posture is crooked, all the blood flow to your body supports that crooked posture. So when the, when the, when the correction is taken, sometimes it takes several days, and then it lasts longer go the next month and then you can go and then your body uh, blood flow begins to supply a straight posture so all these crazy thoughts that you've been happening uh, happening in your own mind, pulses, take every thought and it's taken a while to correct the posture and then the next day and then you, wow, okay God, thank you, I'm taking thought and then the next day and after a while your new normal is wholeness your new normal is clean mind. Your new normal is forgiveness. Your new normal. And every once in a while, you say, God, thank you. I'm forgiven, Father. Thank you for you forgiving me, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And you have to say it again and over and again to get the posture of your soul correct. So in your season right now, all I'm going to do is agree with whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent. I'm just going to come alongside you and agree with you. So if you're in that difficult season right now, your dark season, I want you to come. We're going to sing this song. I want you to come right now, and I'm going to stand with you, and I'm going to agree with you. Discern your season. Lord, what is it that you're trying to do in my life? Tap into your trust factor, the trusting in the Lord element here, of getting it out of your head, that they may never come to a point where it'll completely make sense. This is it, Chuck. It's Chuck the engineer. God's, but that's cool, Chuck, because God's an engineer too. But he just spoke. But get it in your mind, Willie it will probably never click and go, it makes sense now. God of the universe, I got this. So this is why instead of struggling for it to make sense in my head, I just put myself in the trust factor and I go, okay, God, put my seatbelt on, make sure the airbags go off, put my helmet on and enjoy the ride. And then that's when the breakthroughs that I experience God ordained breakthroughs planned by the creator of heaven and earth. So, no matter what, God, I believe in you. Go ahead, Kristen. No matter what, God,
1: I believe in you. This is it.
0: Something in this song that's striking me. I'm always praying, Lord, make something beautiful out of my situation. God's like, that's nice. That's a nice prayer. But what's more important than that is right here. I realize, you know, sometimes I'm praying that God takes care of the storm. It's possible that I'm the storm. God, remove this problem. God's like, that's you. You're the problem. Chuck, you're the problem. God, made something beautiful, because the most important project on the face of this earth is you, is your soul. So forget whatever it is that you're going through and check yourself before you wreck yourself. Right here. I give my life to you. I give it all to you, God, trusting that you'll make something beautiful out of me.
1: Come on, Chris. I give it all. I give it all to you, God, trusting that you'll make something beautiful out of me. That's my Jesus. I give it all to you, God, trusting that you'll some
0: another chiropractor illustration because this is how God speaks to me. I'll talk to you Chuck. So my chiropractor holds me the back of the neck and you know you ever see those guys on YouTube and they're like and you're like oh so she says relax my neck cracks to the right my neck cracks to the left increases blood flow automatically I'm like wow I almost feel lightheaded and that's what freedom does So when the Holy Spirit comes in, it's like, if you don't relax, you can actually be injured. There's nothing I hold on to. Nothing I hold on to. If I'm holding on to something else, I'm not going to get what he has for me. Discern your season. Honestly, this is going to sound kind of mean. But who cares what you're going through? I know it sounds mean in comparison to the development of your character and this is where the discerning of your discovering your trust okay god i trust you. my life is good real good like sometimes i feel guilty of how much fun that we're having as a church should we be enjoying it this much yep that's the joy of the lord in prison paul saying oh no don't send money in my account i'm good and say, pray for our. Send Bibles. Send me devotionals. Don't send me money. I don't need that. Whatever happens, I'm living. Whatever happens in my circumstances, I'm living. The power of Christ, and watch the breakthrough happen. Let the Holy Spirit adjust your process. And I agree with Heaven's version of breakthrough.
1: On